Every year in the NFL, it's a new team. As far as goals go, we have one. Putting a f***ing ring on our finger. Welcome to the Buccaneers Observer Podcast. This is Ross Phillips. I'm Molly Bay. Today is March 29th, 2020. 168 more days until we see the Buccaneers play football. Hopefully. <laughs> we oh, say that every time. We have to put that caveat in there every time. Because you never know. Never know. We might not even get a football season this year. I'm pretty sure we will. What we do know is that the NFL draft will go on as planned. Uh, the... NFL Management Council Executive Committee voted unanimously last Thursday that the draft will go on as planned, and Roger Goodell sent out a memo, memo, a memo, a memo stating as such. So we're going to get the draft. It's not going to be. It's going to be in a studio setting. Yeah, we assume, but it's not going to have the live crowd and all that mess. So it looks like they're trying to carry on business as usual. Thankfully. I know we need some sports, man. I'm just curious how they're going to be able to do it with all the players, but just teleconference them all in. Big businesses can do it. Why couldn't you do it with the NFL? Yeah, and it's at the end of April. You know, I I think things will be cleared up by then. So, you know, we might get everything back to normal. Who knows? Who knows? All right. Fact check and follow up. Oh, wait. Hold on one second. (laughs) Also, with the draft, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, they normally have their official draft party at Ray J. Uh And... That's been canceled. Yeah. All parties canceled. This is now the no fun planet. It is really no fun. Okay, fact checks and follow up. Steve Bursnick is the producer with uh, Rick Stroud on the Tampa Bay Times podcast. Never would have guessed that. Yeah, I probably never would have guessed it, but the as soon as I heard it, I, you know, I've heard it a thousand times because I always say his name. I try not to listen to him. What? Brick Stroud. Oh, you mean the podcast? Yeah, I don't so? listen to his podcast very uh, often. I've definitely scaled back on my podcast listening. Yeah, I don't listen to Ira hardly ever. I don't think I have since the season. Yeah. Just very doom and gloom. Too negative. Well, speaking about Rick Stroud, remember the big kerfuffle we had about Rick Stroud and Jenna Lane adding the if in that quote about Jameis a while back during the press conference with Bruce Arians uh, where he had said, they, they were talking to him about the defense, and somebody had asked him a question, which was a loaded question. They asked him, uh, do you feel like this team is good enough that you could win with another quarterback? You know, I mean, what was he supposed to say? I mean, he could say yes or no. Either way, he said it was going to be a – it was a gotcha question. And he said, uh, I can win with this one. We can win with anyone. And they, they – Jenna Lane had tweeted that out and put the if statement in there. If I can win with this one, you can win with anyone. And left out the ending that said – because we're going to have a good defense. <laughs> uh, and, and we made a big stink up over it, you know, just how shady it was. Well, this is why it's important. Uh, articles popped up about Arians reaching out to teams to help Jameis get a job recently. He had said he had talked to a couple teams. And people responded saying Arians did not have, Arians did not have nice things to say about Jameis when he was a quarterback. So why would he be doing this now? And they quoted the whole, if I can win with this one, you can win with anyone. Quote. Uh, people actually think Arians is a uh, quite a dick for it, actually. I counted seven instances of that phrase r- repeated on a uh, Reddit thread. You know, people just popping in and saying, Arians is a jerk. He didn't like Jameis. He said, if you can win with this one, you can win with another one. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, Arians was asked, is this team good enough to win with another quarterback? And like I said, loaded question. What are you going to say? No? You know? 
Right, because then what are you doing even coaching it? Right. And it's a testament to your ability as a coach. <laughs> right. And then what do you have to be say yes? You know, it, you're saying, yeah, we can with another quarterback, which is what he did. And what he said exactly was, with another quarterback? Oh, yeah, we can win with this one. We can definitely win with another one, too, because we're going to have a defense. But then that got chopped up into, if we can win with this one, we can definitely win with another one. And it's just, it's just I don't know. I don't want to say corrupt, but, you know, people looking for sound bites. And if they can't find one, they're going to make one up. And, you know, Arians is really good at giving sound bites. I don't know why they felt they had to do that. But they, it, it gives the rest of the league the impression that Bruce Arians was being a jerk when he wasn't. Right. You get these little quotes that really stick with you. And most people don't bother to look at the context or mm-hmm. what else was going on at the time. And so it's very yeah. easy to just carry that impression with you, even though it's incorrect. Yeah. And I mean, they, they were talking about the defense. Uh, Arians had, had gone on for about five minutes on the defense. There was questions on the defense. And then this, I, I don't know who it was that asked the question. I didn't recognize the voice, but you know, popped up and asked, is this team good enough to win with another quarterback? It's such a loaded question. What's Aaron supposed to say? No, we got to keep Jameis Winston. Or yes, this team can win. Is good enough to win with another quarterback? Those are really his only two options. Or he could have just not answered the question. But that's not Bruce Arians. So anyhow, found that interesting. It's amazing how much we are all over everywhere. It's great. Yeah, I mean every every show just about leads with the Buccaneers and Brady. I love it. Well, we've had other free agencies behind signings. Besides Brady, so I want to run through those really quick. Oh, there's the big one. There's the big one. Okay, I'm going in chronological order, so you're just going to have to calm down. Gosh. We re-signed Kevin Minter to a one-year, $1.875 million deal. That one surprised me. I do like him for depth. Yeah, and he's very familiar with Arians. Didn't Arians draft him? I know that he played for Arians in Arizona. I'm not certain whether Arians drafted him or not. It wouldn't surprise me. We also re-signed Andrew Adams in the secondary to a one-year, $1.01 million deal. Triple A. Triple A. So good veteran depth and safety there. The big one, Damakong Su, we locked him in for another year. It was an $8 million deal, $2 million in incentives Ooh, per sweet. Greg Allman, wow. which I love. Yeah. And per a tweet by Liz Mullen on Twitter, who, according to her Twitter bio, writes about sports representation, so this is kind of her niche, Sue had fired his agent, and I had tweeted before the signing, no, maybe this is the reason for the holdup, mm-hmm. because he was with CAA. Yeah, them stinkers. That agency that you love. Creative art, artist agency. Yeah. He fired them, and apparently... Did not re-sign with an agent before coming to this deal with the Bucks. He negotiated this by himself. So he saved himself some percentages. He sure did. What what was the cap on it? I think three percent is the most an agent can get, or something. It's really small. Yeah, it surprised me. Yeah, I was figuring like thirty percent. It's almost like a real estate agent. Yeah, me too. Yeah, you kind of see them as lawyers almost. Right. And then our last free agent signing since the last podcast was Ryan Smith, our special teams ace, to a one-year, $1.75 million deal. He's got a million guaranteed, and then there's 500000 in incentives per Greg Allman. That's pretty interesting because, like you said, he is basically just a special teams guy. Yeah. That's a lot of money for just a special teams But he teams made guy. a huge difference oh, on yeah. special teams. When he was suspended last year for the first four games, 
you know, our special teams was horrible. horrible. And then he came back and it was just a marked difference. So I'm happy to see him back and at that price tag. Yeah, if you watched any of the videos I put out, when he came back, he's just unstoppable on special teams. He was in almost every single special teams tackle, it seemed like. And they had, when he was the gunner, they would have two, and at one point they had three guys trying to block him. I can't remember which game that was where okay. he got all that attention. I want to say it was Tennessee, maybe. Or the Colts. Yeah. But he, they, oh, the Colts, He maybe. still got around them. Yeah. Yeah, he's, so, he's spectacular on special teams. Yeah, I'm glad to see him back. We got some details on Anthony Auclair's contract. His is $1.25 million, $825,000 is his base salary, and then $425,000 roster bonus. Uh, we also signed the offensive lineman Hogg or Haig. Or yeah, we touched on that one in the last okay. podcast. Yeah, yeah. I'm kind of excited about him. I, I haven't had a chance to look at any game film on him, but he started, uh, I think, for like a year and a half for the Colts at right tackle, so... Cool. Yeah, I want to go back and see how effective he was. Cam Brate took a pay cut to stay with the Buccaneers this year. Did he? He was supposed to make six million this year, but reduced it down to four point two five million. He can get the difference back with incentives, which are based on yards, catches, and playing time per Greg Allman. And and also Rick Stroud. So he's with the Bucks until 2023. And this year he took the pay cut so that he could stay this year. He should because Tom yeah. Brady with his tight ends. Well, he was with Gronkowski and Aaron Hernandez. Right. Uh, it's going to be very, very interesting to see how much we use our tight ends this time. You know, I think that was definitely a downside of our offense yes. this season. They did yeah. not utilize those tight ends. No. So I would love to see Tom Brady come in and change that. Yes, well, Cameron Bright actually said it. Uh, I can't remember what show he was on, but he said hopefully him and O.J. Howard would be more involved in the passing game this year. Yeah. So that was kind of oh, a, interesting. Yeah, a signal a out nuggy. to Byron Leftwich and Bruce Arians. You know, hey, guys. Yeah, they should not be blocking as much. One, they're not very good at it. Yeah. Two, their forte is pass catching. Come on. Yeah, and, you know, I don't know what was up with O.J. Howard last year. He just really did not play well at all. His blocking was subpar. His receiving was not that good. But I think having Tom Brady, everybody's going to be playing at the best level. You know, I, I look at – I guarantee you Sue is just thrilled to death. I mean, he's never played with an elite quarterback like that. I mean, he played with a Stafford at Detroit, but – you know, it's debatable. I would argue with you whether that's an elite quarterback. Well, a yeah, good quarterback, anyhow. And it, playing against Brady, just practicing against him, is going to make our cornerbacks incredibly good. And you remember last year when the preseason was going on, their training camp, and everybody was talking about how our cornerbacks were getting all these interceptions? Well, now we can pretty much say it was probably because of Jameis Winston. Because they didn't get a whole lot of interceptions last year, I think. They dropped more than a lot of teams yeah, had. Yeah. I mean, th th towards the end of the year, they were playing great. But I think they came out and they were used to being able to intercept James Winston. And nobody else throws balls like James Winston <laughs> to quarterbacks. So <laughs> I think it confused them a little bit. Who was it? Uh, I think Vert Carlton Davis and Jamal Dean were like first and second in the league for batted down passes last year. I think Carlton Davis had 19 and Jamal Dean had 17 and a half. And he only played like 
six games or something. That's crazy. Yeah, it was nuts. He was such a good surprise coming out of this draft. Yeah, well, his first game was absolutely garbage. I can't remember who it was against. It, uh, but, yeah, he got beat consistently. But then after that, man, he just came on like a hurricane. But I think practicing against Tom Brady is going to definitely increase our cornerback's skill level. And to your point about Sue, Sue is a consummate professional and takes his craft very seriously. And so I do think practicing against somebody of Tom Brady's caliber, I think that they're really going to do a lot for each other. Yes. Well, you know, he he was in that division for quite a few years when he was with Miami. So he played against Brady twice a year. But it's different when you're playing against them and different when you're practicing against them. Yeah. You know, you're getting a lot of reps and you get to talk to each other and see things you don't normally see during a game. Yeah, I think they're going to be fantastic for each other. We'll say with everybody on the defense. I think our defense today, our whole team is just going to be lifted up. Our offensive line especially. You know, these guys, I keep saying it, but could you imagine? Imagine this. You know, Tom Brady gets hit. When Warren Sapp took out Steve Young, you know, ended his career on one hit, every time they show that clip, you get to see the offensive lineman get beat by Warren Sapp. To ruin Steve Young's career, uh, no, no offensive lineman wants to be in that clip, you know, where you're the guy that gave up the hit that that ended Tom Brady's career. So these guys, yeah, they're going to be playing superhuman, I think. And they had a decent performance last season. Yeah, they, they don't get a lot of credit for it. But. No, but they like to be. Winston just had too much happy feet, and anytime he felt pressure, he's running. You know, he's tucking the ball moving his shoulders and looking for a way out. Tom Brady doesn't do that. He just throws the ball. He gets rid of it. It's kind of, kind of like how Drew Brees is. You know, Feels pressure, just throw it. You know, Brady never leaves the pocket, hardly ever. And he's definitely not the type of quarterback that when he feels pressure, he's looking for an escape route. Now, if he feels pressure, he's throwing it. Just It's, it's that simple. So he's going, to, he's going to make our the offensive line look better than they are, but they're going to play better than they are. And right now, I think that they were a little bit above average last year. Donovan Smith was definitely a good surprise. Uh, he upped his game quite a bit. Uh, I think we're going to keep everybody on the offensive line except Donovan uh, Tamar Dotson. I think he's a little long in the tooth. We're not even sure if he's coming back, if he wants to come back. So, Yeah, he's a free agent this year, and they haven't re-signed him yet. Yeah, yeah, they'll probably, they probably won't. I don't know. So, you know, we're, I, I think uh, our offensive line was a little bit above average with a squirrely quarterback back there. Now they they have the most elite quarterback that's ever played in the game back there. He's going to make them look better. So that's going to lift them up a few spots. Just the fact that Tom Brady's not going to be scrambling around looking like he's under pressure all the time. He's going to get rid of the ball. And then they're going to boost their game because they're not going to want to get Tom Brady hurt. So I could see very easily where they could be top 10 offensive line. No problem. I mean, Tom Brady had, what, 28 sacks last year. James Winston had 47 I think the vast majority of them was because Jameis Winston, you know, he would create those sacks, a lot of them. Yeah, I can't tell you how many times there'd be a defender coming in and Jameis Winston would just run right into him. Mm-hmm. Or they, he'd be, somebody would be blocked and Jameis Winston would be running around in the pocket or outside the pocket or whatever, and he'd run right into the arms of a guy that was being blocked. That happened so many times. Because as an offensive lineman, you can't see where the quarterback's at. You know, you're supposed to block a spot. That's what they teach you to do, block a spot. And when that quarterback goes outside of that spot, you don't know. So if he's going to the left and your defender all of a sudden shoots to the left, you have no idea. You can't defend that because you're not between him and the quarterback. So 
I think that, you know, Tom Brady does not do that at all. I mean, at all. So our offensive line is going to be able to just block the spot, and that's it. It makes our job a little easier, uh, huh? So much easier. <laughs> and then, plus, like I said, he gets rid of the ball when he feels like there's any pressure coming or whatever. You know, he'll intentionally ground it. He'll throw it away. He'll, a lot of times what he does is he just you know, throws it to a receiver going across the middle because he's, they've always got receivers going across the middle. It's going to be interesting to see how our offense changes. You know, we just were not a uh, – we did not run a lot of crossing routes and slants and stuff like that with our receivers. We're more vertical, curl routes, hitches, stuff of that nature, out routes especially. And it's going to be interesting to see how much we change that because – Tom Brady loves his crossing routes. You know, he loves throwing that ball across the middle. And a lot of times it's because he'll be getting pressure, he'll feel pressure coming, and it's just so easy to throw it to somebody going across the middle. You know, that's the easiest throw in the world. So that's why he throws a lot of them because he feels pressure, so he just dumps it off to whoever's running across the middle, which you never saw from Jameis Winston. He would always look for those guys down the field. And I look through the numbers. This is this is fascinating to me. I look through the numbers to see how Jameis Winston compared to Tom Brady as far as throwing the ball deep down the field. And what I did is I filtered it for 15 yards and more passes. Well, I, at first I just did the last three games of the season because I wanted to see how, you know, it, Tom Brady's arm it dropped off. It was a huge difference. I didn't write it down, but, I mean, it was like Jameis Winston had I'll, – I'll just make up numbers here. He had like 50 attempts of 15-plus yards in the last three games. Uh, Tom Brady had like 16. Ooh. So it was a big difference. But you also got to take into consideration that the Patriots were winning all those games, so they didn't need to throw it down the field. We were not winning those games, so we needed to throw it down the field. And all throughout the season, Tom Brady actually had 99 attempts of 15 yards or more down the field. Uh, Jameis Winston had 152. Now you go, wow, that's a big difference. But that puts Tom Brady a little bit above the middle of the pack. You got Drew Brees at the bottom of the pack who only had 51 attempts. <laughs> that noodle arm. The, the noodle arm of 15-plus yard pass attempts. We're just talking about attempts, not completions. Uh, with completions, Brady and Winston were about the same with their deep balls mm. as far as completion rate is concerned and uh, first downs and all that good stuff. But Winston was, I think, almost 20 attempts higher than the second-place guy who was Phillip Rivers. I think he had 127 15-plus yard attempts down the field. So Winston threw it a lot down the field. I don't think we're going to see that. We're not going to see that. I mean, uh, 100 times, throwing it 100 times down the field, that's quite a bit. That's, you know, We can average. sustain that, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, as long as we just keep the ball moving, which Tom Brady's very good at. Keep the chains moving. So I found that very interesting. It's, it's going to be it's going to be, it's going to be so different watching Tom Brady in the pocket after watching Jameis Winston for five years. Just... Jameis Winston was so frantic in that pocket. He held onto the ball. He was non-decisive. And Tom Brady is just the exact opposite in every way you can think of. He's, you know, he's very decisive. He doesn't hold onto the ball long. And he does not get happy feet at all, ever. I mean, I think I've seen it happen maybe you know, watching the 2019 season. I think I saw maybe three times where he uh, felt pressure and kind of scrambled a little bit. But in general, he's not using that to bail himself out. Right. Yeah, it was usually when there was a guy coming in and he didn't, he wasn't, didn't have somebody to throw to or whatever. You know, it, it just, it was so rare. The command, the pocket presence commanding, the commanding of his aura, whatever you want to call it. It's just, it's just interesting how different they are. And James Winston just looks like a deer in the headlights back there sometimes. A lot of times. You just got a little sparkle in your eye talking about <laughs> Tom Brady. <laughs> uh, 
Hey, I got a good idea. Let's pay some bills. The Bucks have done a lot of signings in the last week, but they've also lost a couple of key pieces from their offense in 2019. I don't know that it's going to have a whole lot of an impact going forward, but we'll see. Brashad Perriman signed with the Jets on a one-year deal for up to $8 million, including $6 million guaranteed. Yeah, I knew he was going to get a paycheck somewhere. I think we even said it was going to be the Jets and the Browns. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's... It, the guy's been in the league for what four or five years, right? And he wait, he came from the Browns. Oh, he came from the Browns. Yeah, so he that's why we were back. thinking about yeah. <laughs> the Browns. Yeah, and that, that's just too much to pay for him, I think. Yeah, especially as a number three, we already have Chris Godwin and Mike Evans. Oh yeah, we definitely weren't going to pay for him, but I mean, right. for anybody to pay for him, you know, the guy needs to be more consistent. You know, string string at least one year together. I mean, even with us, he was uh, it was only half a year. Yeah, it wasn't really until Mike Evans and Chris Godwin got injured that he showed up, which I was happy at the time that he stepped up to oh, the he, plate. He did great. He did play really well, but then... Made some amazing catches. You just wonder where were you the rest of the season when you were the solid number three. Mm-hmm. Maybe he needs that limelight? I don't know. Well, it, it could have been Winston, because it does seem that Winston... Focused very heavily on Mike Evans and Chris Godwin, you know, pretty much all season. He would constantly, you know, even when Braid or OJ or when Scotty Miller was out there and they were open, Winston just didn't just didn't pay much attention to him. It didn't seem like. Yeah, Chris and Mike both got a thousand yards last season, and they didn't even play a whole season. I think Chris Godwin's going to have a really good year with Tom Brady because Tom Brady likes those yards after the catch receivers. And Chris Godwin is one of those guys. He's going to be doing him with Scotty Miller. Are going to be doing those crossing routes over the middle. So it's going to be. I would love to see Scotty Miller pop off. This might be his year. We'll see. We'll see if he can take a hit. <laughs> I know he does not look like he likes contact, <laughs> and he's so small. Really I can see how intimidating it would be to be a guy that small in the NFL. Have these big defenders. <laughs> <laughs> Scary. We also lost Peyton Barber. There's really no shock there. Where did he go? He went to the Redskins, mm. signed a three million dollar contract, two years, only six hundred thousand guaranteed. Wow. Yeah. Well, they've got a huge stable of running backs over there. They've got Adrian Peterson. They got guys. They've got other guys. <laughs> Dad Dukes. Yeah. I think he's competing for a roster spot. I would definitely not say that he's a sure starter or even someone to make the roster. We'll see. We'll see. We wish nothing but the best to Peyton. Unless he's playing the Buccaneers. Correct. We don't play them this year, I don't think. We don't don't play that division for sure. No, we don't play the Redskins. But, man, we've got some good games. We're going to be playing against Aaron Rodgers. Pat Mahomes. Jared Goff. Mitch Trubisky. Teddy Bridgewater, <laughs> he's not going to be the quarterback in Chicago. Who, they, who did they sign? Mike Glennon. <laughs> <laughs> no, he's not there anymore. It's, that's how bad Mike Glennon is. He got replaced by Mitch Trubisky. Ooh, who is rough. Yeah. Derek Carr, if he's still at Oakland. Got Detroit. Whoever their quarterback's going to be. Well, is wait, it going to be Stafford? Well, I don't wait, know. Wait. He's had like two back injuries. How do you even come yeah. back from a back injury? Tony Romo couldn't even come back from a back injury. I wonder if we will get an opening night game. We might. We Ooh, might get that Thursday fun. night game. Ooh, Kansas City. No, they forever. normally do the Super Bowl. Yeah, right. I, yeah, right. The, or or one of the championship games, the AFC or NFC championship games. Yeah. Uh, so who? It was Kansas City and 
49ers in the Super Bowl last year. They're not playing each other in the division. I, I don't even know if they would be matched up this year. I don't think they are. So if we play Kansas City, we might get that game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the 49ers are not slated to play uh, the Chiefs next year. New England is, I think. So they might have that game. Don't know, but it wouldn't surprise me if they had Kansas City against us, Patrick Mahomes against Tom Brady. They're, they're going to want to showcase us all year, especially if we start winning. Oh, my God. We're going to be flexed all over the place. It's going to be so fun. We're going we're gonna to have at least at least two nationally broadcast games, you know, Monday night, Sunday night games, Thursday night games. I would say probably three or four. Which yeah, be, I think so, too. Which would probably be the first time it's ever happened in the 30 years I've been a Buccaneer fan. <laughs> You know, I do like the primetime games, but it makes Sundays really boring. Yeah, yeah. Because you, I mean, Sundays we watch the Bucks, and then, you know, the 4 o'clock game we pick usually a division opponent game. Then the Sunday night game, Monday night game. So, but then if you have a full day of football on Sunday and no Buccaneers, it's just like, eh, yeah. I don't care about any of these people. Yeah, yeah. Normally the 4 o'clock games will... We'll watch a division opponent if there's a division game, and then we'll pick a game that we want to because we usually watch two games at the same time at 4 o'clock. Ralph has three monitors. So, actually, we watch Red Zone. Watch Red Zone. One game. And even even at the 1 o'clock games when Buccaneers are playing, we'll normally have a division game going on another monitor, too. Then we also have our fantasy game centers. It's Uh, a whole setup. (laughs) The command center. The command center. (laughs) (laughs) And I got big monitors, too, so that helps. So... An update on our cap space. We're still in pretty good shape, even after making all these signings. SpotRack has us at $21.6 million good currently. Grief. It doesn't include Sue and Ryan Smith's contracts. Okay. So, so take away $9 million there. We have $12.6 million. Does that include the $7 million? Does not the- include the draft. So we've got about $5.5 million. after you take out the money for the draft picks. But we've still got uh, quite a few guys... That we haven't re-signed all the guys that we had on our list of basically... Would be nice to have them back. I can't remember what we called them. The lower tier guys? The mid. Well, we had the mid-tier, yeah, and then lower tier who are probably definitely on the chopping block. So, yeah, there are some guys that we still haven't re-signed from the Bucks roster. I would say if we haven't re-signed them yet, I don't know what the chances of them coming back are. Well, we probably wanted to see how much money we had left. <laughs> yeah. So, $5 million, five and a half. That's not too bad. BA <laughs> said we might need a pass-catching running back and depth in the defensive secondary. Talking about a safety. He said at the end of the year last year, he said they were probably looking to get a veteran in safety. Right. So, they could also get help from the draft. I mean, we did re-sign Andrew Adams. Yeah. yeah. Safety depth, so. Triple A. Too bad he ain't going to have Cam Newton to intercept anymore. <laughs> <laughs> yep, the Cam Newton was officially released. Oh, that's right. And there's rumors that he's going to the Chargers, so they would have a shootout between him and Tyrod Taylor over there. Which is funny because... I think Herm Edwards let that slip on the NFL Network or somewhere. Really? Yeah. Before Cam Newton was released, and Jameis Winston, of course, is still on the market... The Chargers, Chargers were asked about the possibility of maybe bringing on Jameis or looking for another quarterback, I guess. And they said, no, we're happy with Tyron Taylor. Yes. And then... That's crazy. And then it comes out 
they <laughs> might want Cam Newton. So definitively, it doesn't look like they want Jameis Winston. Hmm. Is what I'm getting from that. That is so crazy. He goes from being a first round draft pick, all time leading passing yarder for the 2019 season, and number one, he broke all these records with the Buccaneers, and now he can't even get a backup job. It's crazy. It's sad. I feel bad for him. Yeah. He'll get something. I really want to see if he you know, go to another team and play and you know see if he improves, especially after that LASIK. Yeah, I would like to see him go to Miami, something like that. Bruce Arians has been given a lot of interviews and stuff. Uh, he, I can't remember where he was at, but he was talking about the helmets, and he said that the NFL was changing the rules next year to allow teams to have more than one helmet per player. And he was talking about the Buccaneers wearing their throwback jerseys and stuff. Uh, he let that slip. Nobody's really confirmed it that I'm aware of. But it looks like we'll be able to have our white helmets next year. I like the creamsicles. I know you're not a huge fan. I like well, I don't them. mind them every now and then. Yeah, that's how I like. Like when Josh Freeman yeah. was on the team. Yeah. You know, that whole era, and they would do the creamsicles. He had a they great fun. few games with those creamsicles. Yeah. I think it was against Green Bay Packers. He wore the creamsicles. It creamsicle, was. I think is... that was the first win that year in 2009. Yeah, it was good. Fun times. So I do like the creamsicles. I'm happy that they're coming back, if that's true. As a throwback. not. I'm, I'm excited. We haven't heard a word anymore about the uniforms. So well, I'll... it's three days until April 1st, and they said it was going to come out in April. Oh, that's right. I was like, three days? Where is that? But there's 31 <laughs> days this month. Yeah. I thought I was thinking the first was tomorrow. <laughs> Math. <laughs> Math. <laughs> but they, you just think there would be a little bit more information out there. But they might be postponing the reveal because of all the COVID-19. I don't think they can. Yeah. You can't do that. We need something to live for, Buccaneers. I know. I know. Did you see Ryan Jensen on his Twitter account talking about his COVID-19 scare? Yeah, that was really <laughs> yeah. crazy. Uh, said, he lives in Colorado. Said they're, they're, I'll quote it. It says, uh, the, so the COVID scare got pretty real with me yesterday. My best friend's parents and grandmother got diagnosed with it. Later that day, I had an ambulance pull into my driveway. I live in the mountains, closest neighbor probably six, 700 yards away. I go to see what's going on. As I walk up to ask e, the EMT what's going on with some fear in his eyes, he says, stay back. You've been exposed. A little bit of fear creeps in my mind, like, what are you talking about? I then ask him what address he is looking for. Ends up he's looking for my neighbor's house. Uh, so, yeah, a little bit of a scare there. I could imagine just the panic you get briefly when somebody's staying back, you've been exposed. Right. <laughs> All of a sudden you're a pariah. You're contagious. Ugh. I did see someone on Twitter, a Bucks fan. I was on Bucks Twitter, and somebody said, I've... I have been diagnosed with it and recovered. They they had a very mild case and said that their friends and family were treating them like a pariah. I bet. I would. If yeah, you, I think so, too. If you got it, I would put you in a plastic bag and put you outside. <laughs> <laughs> I'd, I'd feed you on a stick, like a 10-foot stick. Shove my meals under the door, yeah, some bread. Yeah. We'd open the window up a little crack and throw food out to you. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, now, maybe we wouldn't keep you outside. We'd keep you on the back porch. That's nice. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. You get some shelter. <laughs> yeah, Bruce Arians also said, because there was speculation about Antonio Brown coming to the Buccaneers Ugh. because of Tom Brady. Uh, Bruce Arians shut that down real quick. Thank you. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah, Molly was so thrilled. She was just like, that is that is awesome. Because she I did just, not want Antonio Brown. I just don't like these locker room distractions. Like, we've had too many, mm-hmm. and they're all the same. And once they become that kind of distraction, it's like, they don't change. Yeah, and, you know, the media hypes them up. And, and they're it, people who like the attention. Right. Antonio Brown very clearly does because, yeah. you know, he is... Look at my foot. Yeah, he's live streaming <laughs> him being arrested, you know, yeah, with his Throwing ex. stuff at his baby mama. Right, you know, and it's just like, what kind of... Like, that's not a normal person that does that. Yeah. And yeah. they're not going to change. And the whole debacle with him in New England, you know, Tom Brady took him in. He lived in Tom Brady's house. And... Tom Brady went out on a limb for him to get him this job, bring him to New England, and he screwed it up. And he screwed over Tom, if you ask me. And to me, because yeah, Tom was like a mentor or a sponsor. yeah, was trying to help him get his life together, yeah. and he just spit in his face, basically. So I just don't, I don't like those kind of people. Those people. Those people. <laughs> yeah, just toxic, just, you're right. dramatic. Yeah, people. we've had too much of that in the locker room. Over the years. And it's not worth it. You might be able to sign him for league minimum, but the cost is going to be far greater than that. Yeah. Although I don't think he would take league minimum, but yeah. No, I know what you're saying. Yeah, I don't think so either. But best case scenario, he would take league minimum, but still, that's not enough. Yeah, I'd pay two, three million dollars to keep him off the team. I know exactly. (laughs) Right. I mean, the guy might be a great receiver, but. It's not like we need a great receiver. We got two great receivers. It would just be adding too much negativity to this team. We don't need it. We don't have anybody on this team right now that I'm aware of who is a locker room problem. And I think this is the first time we've had that in, gosh, since uh, 2005. (laughs) And it's very intentional by Bruce Arians. Yes, he does not put up with locker room problems. And, you know, receivers kind of have a reputation for being divas anyway. (laughs) Deshaun Jackson. For us to have two elite receivers that are not dramatic, it's like you just don't mess with that. Mike Evans had his issues when he first came in the league. I think he was a little too emotional. You know, he was young, immature, and all that. But, man, he really straightened himself out. I mean, the guy, remember how he used to get in trouble all the time because he'd get up in the refs' faces and all that, had penalties thrown on him. And that one time we lost the game because he caught the ball and it fell down and it was acting like he was hurt. And so they blew the whistle, ran 10 seconds off, and we lost the game because yeah. it was like eight seconds left on the clock. Yeah. And he got up. He stood up and got all up in the official face. And you're like, you were supposed to be hurt. What are you doing? Yeah. And, uh, yeah, so he straightened out with that. And he's a, just a great human being now and a great football player. Chris Godwin seems to be just a great person all around. Uh, you know, you follow him on his Instagram. He just went to South Africa. He's getting into photography. He's uh, Did he marry or did he they get No, they're engaged. engaged. Okay. They got engaged in South Africa. Yeah, he seems to really love his, uh, his fiance. And He's really into animals. So animals. he, I think his charity has to do with like adopting dogs. And I think he really loves dogs. <laughs> I wonder what happened between him and Nacho. With the, oh, God. <laughs> with the dog on the side of the road incident. Oh, man. I bet that was an interesting conversation. Yeah, they'll probably never talk about it. Did, didn't you say one of the players' wives got after, said something to Nacho or something? No, I never said that. Okay. It's so hard to keep track of all this. Mess. I know. I don't know. You know, there's these sports gurus out there that can tell you every play that ever happened. They know all these stats and everything. I can barely remember from one game to the next what happens. You know? I'm surprised you remember my name most days. I do, Sally. I, you know... <laughs> You're not going to get me on that one. 
<laughs> well, that's all the Bucks news we have for right now. If you want to get in touch with us, we're on Twitter at Bucks underscore Observer. If you want to shoot Ralph an email, you can send it to Ralph at Bucks. Wait, what is it? <laughs> I was I got ahead got of myself. I was, she was so, so excited. Happy. I didn't do the two apps. The app. If you would like to send Ralph an email, send it to Ralph at BuccaneersObserver.com. You can send me an email to Molly Bay at Bucks, BuccaneersObserver.com. Hey, leave us a like on uh, whatever podcast or a star rating on Apple iTunes or whatever. Whatever it is. That can try. I, I don't know. I was listening to a podcast the other day, and the guy says, we've got a thousand five-star reviews and almost a hundred comments on Apple iTunes. And I was like, wow. So, you know, I, I was like, at least you start doing that. You know, get people to leave comments. and. But only if they're good. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, hey, if you get a chance, you know, leave us a review or give us a rating. You don't have to be five stars. You can you can make it whatever you feel it's worthy. What we deserve. Yeah. I don't even know how to look at the Apple. I know, me neither. Ratings, I was, we have Android, I did, when, so. when we first signed up for it, I looked, you know, for like a, a couple of weeks, and since then, I haven't looked. I, I don't pay attention to that stuff a whole lot, but it would mean a lot to us, because, you know, it does help us move up in the rankings or whatever, I assume. We, we never ask <laughs> We <anybody>. guess. <laughs> we guess. Everybody else is doing it. Why not us? Yeah. We're such sheep. <laughs> We're on Facebook, too, and the YouTube, so search for us there. We hope to, later in the week, have a free agency update on the rest of the division. We've been concentrating on the Buccaneers because we've had so much going on this year, but it's time for a Know Your Enemy podcast. Yeah. Yeah, a lot's happened, especially Panthers. <laughs> oh, and also, uh, leave a voicemail, voice message if you want, in the description of this podcast episode, you can look down there and there's a link. You just click on the link and it takes you to a page where you can just hit record and it comes straight to us. It's awesome. Maybe we'll put you in the podcast. Yeah, we should start doing that. So you, all y'all guys that are saying all these bad words when you leave voicemails, don't do that. We'll put you in the podcast. <laughs> uh, nobody's doing that. I'm joking. I say bad words in the podcast. I know. We got it. You we, never we try. I cuss like a sailor normally, but when I do the podcast, I don't. Yeah, I want it to be family friendly. You know, I know that bothers people sometimes. I would prefer to cuss. I'm not gonna lie, but then I feel like you know it, it cuts out you know people that don't want to hear that. You know, it just cuts out a large part of the population. I think, and I want this podcast to be for all Buck fans and people who should be Buck fans, which is everybody. They're the best. They are the best. You finished? I'm done. All right. Well, that's gonna wrap it up for us. Till next time. Go Bucks.